Hi there, my name is Pamela and I breed British Shorthair Cats in Perth, Western Australia. I've been breeding and exhibiting my cats since 2004 and I'm even a cat show judge. I'm passionate about the cat fancy and I want to share my knowledge and experiences with you so that you can enjoy your hobby as much as I do. That's what the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast is all about. In this series, I'm taking a moment to answer some of the most regular cat breeding questions I get asked every day. Hopefully the answers will help you too. I'm also covering some topics that are important to new cat breeders so that you can start out on the right foot. Some of the episodes are scripted and some of them are off the cuff. The audio is both good and bad. But the main thing is the information and I'm sharing it in whatever way I can with you in mind. driving home from work so I do apologize that the audio is not so great today but I thought I'd just take that time to record a podcast for you because I've had the same issue come up from a few people this week um, about cats calling. Now it's been a question that I've been asked. I've been asked what do you do when your cat's in, in estrus which is the technical term for it but I just refer to it as calling. Um, what do you do to stop your cats? Call, what do you do to stop your cats driving you crazy during that time? And I've been asked about it from two people, um, and I've also had my friend bring one of her girls over to my house. Now it's the dead of winter here in Perth. We've just had the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year, and. What happens after that is that every day after that is getting longer and longer and longer and your cats know that. So if you have a cat like my breed, which is a British Shorthair, I think Persians are the same. There's quite a few breeds that are actually seasonal breeders and they only breed during the warmer months. But they know, they know from the minute that that um, shortest day has happened, they know every day is getting longer and they start to think about calling. And I've had um, somebody on Facebook ask me, you know, what do you do when your cat's in estrus? which is the technical term for it. I just say calling, which means your cat's coming to season, basically. Um, and I've had one of my friends who lives further up north. She's a new breeder, and she's asked about it too because one of her cats is calling, um, which is surprising. And then my friend brought her cat over to my place last night to go in with one of my boys for a mating because she's been calling um, on and off a lot, um, pretty much all winter. So she's obviously... For the breed, she's got no idea what's going on. Her body clock's way out. But it is coming to that time when when cats are going to start calling again. Now, other breeds call all year round. So I can hear all the Burmese and Siamese people out there just having a laugh and going, ah, you've got no idea. We have to put up with it all year round. Um, And that's true. Some breeds breed all year round. Some breeds breed seasonally. But all girls call. It's a thing. Now, um, what does calling actually mean? So cats are a bit unique that when, you know, when dogs come into season, uh, your girl dogs get discharged um, and maybe their behavior changes a little bit, but they're pretty much just acting like a normal dog. Um, pretty much the same with most animals, but cats are a bit unique because when, they're coming, when they come into season, when their body's telling them, right, it's time for you to get pregnant, they do this thing where they um, behave kind of crazy. And to a new breeder, when it first happens, you'll be like, what is going on? 
because it can be quite a big production for the cats. It's kind of like a little bit of drama. So what your girls will do when they're coming into season is they will start to get a bit more affectionate. They will start to get a bit rolly around on the ground. Um, they may start to get a bit bashy with the other cats, giving them a bit of a slap because they do get hormonal and emotional. Um, and then when they come into full call, so that's like a bit of a pre-calling type thing, coming into call, when they are in full call, um, they will start to, um, they will put their tail to the side, they'll put their butt in the air, they'll paddle their legs, I call it treadling, their back legs will be going up and down, they'll be making um, a lot of noise, so the noise can range from something pretty simple which is a sort of a chirpy sort of uh, uh, sort of noise which is what you could hope for that's what you want to hope for to um, a full-on scream that sounds like you are I don't know skinning them alive repeatedly and if I think there's a scale with cats there's a scale of um, how bad they are when they call you will get some girls that will be silent callers which is a very difficult thing um, on its own as well so we'll talk about that a bit after you will have girls that are really moderate callers who just do a little bit of uh, uh, peddly peddly um, you know running you know not being too much trouble then you will get screamers at the other end of the scale and a screamer is a cat that just literally walks around walks around her space screaming um, other behaviors that they can do at the same time is they can pee on everything because it's not just for boys. Um, girls that come in, hormonal girls will pee on things. Uh, not always, but they will. I find as well, sometimes they'll pee on things because they're coming into season and sometimes they'll just do it because they're girls that are not entire, they're entire girls. Um, I have a beautiful girl who just likes to pee on things and um, she does it randomly so she can't actually just live freely in the house when she's not in season or in the off season for us because she'll just pee on things randomly um and then i have other girls that do it when they're coming into season so you'll, you'll be like well um spring's coming i'm gonna have to sort these girls out because i don't want them wandering my, around my house and just peeing on my stuff and then you'll have um you know it depends on you know what's going on you'll have girls that do it when they're calling so when they're calling, they'll wee on things, they'll spray on things like a boy sprays on things. And that brings me to an important point. Um, for all the noise that they make and all the things that they do, you have to house them properly. And I know, I feel like um, on my YouTube channel and on the podcast and on everything I'm sort of doing and saying about helping new breeders, I keep coming back to the same thing, the same theme that you have to house your breeding cats properly. You can't just have them as house cats. And I know um, I really stress that point about stud cats not being pet cats. You can love them like a pet cat, but they're not a pet cat. And with females, we do absolutely tend to keep them um, like pet cats. But really, that's not always going to work either, especially if you have a group of them. Because when they do start to call, their behavior is going to change. They're no longer going to be like a regular pet cat, and they're going to be difficult to keep. Um, not always, but they can be difficult to keep. So you need to be prepared while you have these young little girl kittens that when they grow up, you may not be able to keep them just wandering around in your house because they may pee on things. They may bite each other quite badly. They may pick on each other. 
and they are going to they could potentially be screamy noisy girls that you don't want to be keeping you awake at 2am or keeping your neighbors awake at 2am so you need to have uh, a thought to housing and one of the reasons why that's also going to be important is because when you have calling girls one of the behaviors that they do and one of the reasons that they are calling out is they're not just calling out for fun they're calling out because they're saying to the boy cats hey boy cats i'm here come and have sex with me and that's their calling card to the boys they're, they're making as much noise and as loud as they can or as loud as their body is telling them to be so that they can um, call a boy in and and be mated or boys because cats will accept more than one male and they're gonna you know walk around their area doing that so it's going to drive you crazy if your cat is going to do this constantly and girls when they come into season if you're lucky you'll get a girl that calls once a month um, and you'll be able to mate her on the call that you want to mate her on and then you're all good uh, and then if you don't mate her, you won't, you'll have to wait another month, but you don't have to put up with the noise for that time. If you're pretty, if it's pretty normal, you'll probably have a girl that maybe calls every two weeks. If you're really unlucky, you'll have a girl that calls, has maybe two days off and then starts screaming again. And that's a bit of a disaster, but it really can happen. And again, it can range in level of volume from this sort of cute sort of sort of noise to like an absolute scream. And I have some audio I'm going to share with you. Now, this audio was taken by my friend that lives up north. And this is um, her first queen, her first girl. And she's calling for the first time. And she sent me this audio of her and said, is this normal? I was like, yeah. No, completely normal so have a listen to this if you haven't heard it before this is what it sounds like I didn't have any of my girls calling so I couldn't take any audio of that but have a listen to this okay so you get the gist of the kind of noise that they can make now you can imagine that's pretty right in the middle you could imagine it being a little bit quieter a little bit more subtle but I could also you also will experience it a lot louder and a lot more screamy and um, the thing about that is that you're gonna have a cat that's you know if you breathe long enough you're gonna have a screamy cat and when it starts to happen what I found was that and what I still probably do today is that when the season starts for us, when spring comes around and the girls start calling, the loudest, most screamy girl gets mated first. Now, when I used to live in our old house, I had, um, had less cats in and I had a different sort of setup. And I could only really have two litters at once because of the way that I had my, um, my setup. So if I had... If I mated, whoever I mated first, and then had to make everybody else wait and mate them when the time would be that those kittens would be out and about and not in the birthing area. So I made sure pretty much from the first season after I, I had um, my girl Candy, 
I made sure that Candy was the first cab off the rack every time because Candy sounded like someone was stabbing her, skinning her and running her over. She just was so loud and so screamy. Beautiful chocolate fat British short hair girl. I've spoken about her before. She's the one that had her first litter at two years old and her last litter at ten. Amazing, amazing cat. Um, she's still with us she's still in amazing condition she's been desexed for a while now so she's getting on a bit but she looks like a young cat she's um, fabulous but she screamed she would just the noise was crazy and you couldn't live in a suburban house with that going on you just couldn't so she was as soon as she started calling she was the first one to be mated and I had a couple of times um, during her um, time that she was a breeding female, she was mated early and had a litter, and then she was mated again and had a second litter. litter. So she had two litters in a season. And she pretty much had a litter every, uh, she did have a litter every season. So she had quite a few litters. And I know there's people out there that would be going, oh my God. And then I know there's people that would be saying, wow, I can't believe you did that just because the cat wouldn't shut up. But it wasn't just that it wasn't just that it was that this cat was born born for the role of being a mum and lived for it so there was a lot of other circumstances involved there but the point is when she was um, calling she was the first one to be mated and that was how I dealt with her and her behavior and how loud she was she didn't call she didn't call when she had kittens she wouldn't call again until after those kittens were quite old um, I didn't have the problem which some people do where your cat is um, caught is a bit of a screamer and then she gives birth and then she starts calling again when her babies are only a couple of weeks old and to me that'd be I haven't I haven't had to deal with that it's not something that's happened to me with the breed that I breed but I really feel for people who do have cats that do that because it's kind of like, what are you going to do when, when that's going on? And there are some things you can do when your cat is calling and making a lot of noise, keeping you awake, um, you're worried about the neighbours being disturbed. There are things you can actually do that are not too invasive and that will give you and your cats a little bit of um, quiet time. And the first one is that when your cat starts calling and they're really um, going for it, like I said, they're, they're wandering around and they're calling the boys to come and make them. And they will wander and do it. So you will notice that your cat will, if you've got a cat in the house, if you've got a girl in the house and you're just letting her free range in the house and she's calling, she will be walking up and down the hallway, going from room to room, screaming out for boys. And one of the things you can do to try and curb that, that volume and curb that behavior is you can confine her. Now, if you put her in a pen, if you've got a cattery situation, if you've got pens for your cats, that's going to help. But if you don't, you can actually do a few other things. You can put her in a room, or you can put her in a bathroom um, and see if that helps, see if that reduces the noise that she makes. You can also, if it's really bad, and we're talking about at night time, if it's daytime, you know, let her go for it. Although maybe, you know, confine her to a room. 
Um, if it's night time and it's keeping everyone awake and you're concerned that she might be upsetting your neighbours, that kind of thing. You can put her in one of the big um, cages like I do when the cats are giving birth. And she can go in there with a litter tray, she can go in there with food and water and a bed and hopefully she'll quiet down. Um, you can also put her in a cat show cage which is even a little bit smaller again. Um, we're only talking for overnight though, we're not talking about leaving her in there for three days or whatever. So this is just a, a, um, a short term solution, absolutely. Uh, and that can help. And if that still doesn't help and she's quite screamy, you can also cover her up. Now I'm not saying completely cover her up, but I'm saying that you can cover her up with something like a thick blanket or um, doona and you can cover her up so that, you know, three sides of the cage are covered and just the end bits open. So you're reducing the uh, ability for the noise she's making to escape where she's making it, basically. Uh, if that really doesn't work and at the end of your tether you can take her out and you can put her in a cat carrier a large cat carrier but you can put her in a cat carrier for an hour or two as well because um you know think about it when we take cats to travel we put them in a cat carrier and we send them interstate um i've just i've just taken my cats to a national show and they had probably about seven hours six or seven hours in the cat carrier coming home and they were fine they didn't they were fine when they got home they had a little snack they didn't even need to use the toilet straight away when they got home. So you can put her in the cat carrier overnight for an hour or two um, to try and just get her to calm down. Because the thing about them, when they're actually really worked up and really calling and screaming and peddling and wandering around and, and roaming and trying to look for a boy, they're not eating. They're not eating. They're using up um, calories and they will lose condition. And you don't really want a girl to lose condition right before you're thinking of mating her. So maybe you're not mating her on this call. Maybe you're going to mate her on the next call. You don't want her to lose condition before she's um, before you actually mate her and she gets pregnant. You want to keep her in the best shape that you can. So confining her in that way, the hope is that she will settle down. She'll have something to eat. She'll have a sleep. Um, and hopefully um, just revert to normal behavior for a little bit but chances are that's not going to work so you can try all of those things and you know even if she's in the cat carrier you can still put a blanket over the cat carrier obviously you leave the front exposed um, but you can cover her up in that way to make it dark and quiet for her and hope that she just gets maybe a little snoozy if that doesn't work there are a couple more things you can do um, one of the things that I have done is used antihistamines now antihistamines make you drowsy so you obviously want the ones that make you drowsy not the non-drowsy ones and what we use is a really old-fashioned one it's um, not used much for people anymore it has its place but it's one that you can get over the counter at the chemist and it's called periactin and it's um, an, an older form of antihistamine compared to what's on the market today and the thing about it is the ones on the market today have uh, they don't pass through I'm gonna say this wrong I'm sure I'm gonna say this wrong and I'm, I'm thinking back to how to say it. it's the blood-brain barrier so they will pass from your blood stream into 
little bit calmer and if you combine that with the confining her as well to you know a large cage is obviously the best option a bedroom is is good but a large cage might be better in this circumstance then she's going to have a snooze and you're going to be able to have a snooze too I would definitely talk to your vet before you do use it. Uh, it is used in cats who are in renal failure and it's used to help stimulate their appetite so that they'll eat. And I have just recently, I've got a cat that's in renal failure now and I've recently lost a cat to renal failure. And whilst I didn't use that with them, um, you know, given the state of them, as they deteriorate they're not very well so the idea that you could give it to them while they're in that state means that I don't think it's I'm not too I'm not worried about it being toxic or anything but every cat is different and you should um, talk to your vet about that probably first before you do it uh, it doesn't work for every cat though I'm sorry so the cat that's come over to our place um, for mating uh, her owner did use it and she said it didn't really do much for her so her cat was very determined to scream so that can help make them a bit snoozy um, so confining them and maybe giving them a antihistamine is about as far as I ever went with my cats though because well mating them was the other option because um, that was all I needed to do because my weren't that bad um, aside from maybe candy who was the screamer and maybe one or two others over 
idea of that is it takes the girl out of call, off call, she stops calling and you get a break. And then when her body works out, oh, hang on a minute, we're not pregnant, then she will come in to see that and call again. So you can use a vasectomized boy for that job. Now, vasectomized boys, for all intents and purposes, behave like a stud cat. So to keep one, you have to house him like a stud cat. You have to deal with him spraying like a stud cat. For all intents and purposes, he is a stud cat. He just can't get girls pregnant. Um, whether or not, you know, there's a bit of an ethical thing about that. You're keeping him just for the sake of using him as a contraceptive. Um, would he be better, you know, living in a pet home or living as a D-sex cat? I think that there's a place for vasectomized boys in a cattery. I think there's a place for them to use them to manage your cat's fertility in a way that doesn't involve chemicals and hormones um, and it's natural. But what I've seen that I think I've appreciated the most is when a breeder, a breeder friend of mine, when she has um, an entire boy that she's going to desex, and she does tend to desex them at a younger age, which is great, she will um, maybe get him vasectomized and have him vasectomized for one season, and then after that, desex him and he goes and has a pet home. And then the next one will come along and take the place of that because um, that then means that it's not one boy who's languishing and just being used for that purpose. He's just making this last little bit of a contribution before he goes off and has his wonderful pet life. So I think that, to me, that's probably an okay way to do it. I have not had a vasectomized boy and I've never used a vasectomized boy, but I think if I was someone that had a breed that bred all year round and was calling all year round, I could see that that would be a really useful tool. And I think as well if I was someone, well I am someone who has the space to have one, that would make a difference because if you are in a suburban house and you only have a certain amount of space and you can maybe have one, two stud cats at the most, having a third one for the sake of servicing, you know, three girls is not really worthwhile. If you have a friend who has one, then you may be able to talk to them about bringing your girl over to be with their vasectomized boy. And for the friend, it actually is a bit of a benefit because their boy won't be, um, again, he's a stud cat for all intents and purposes. So he's going to be frustrated if he's not getting enough girls. Although the vasectomized boy will often get more girls than the regular studs do. So that might not be an issue as well. But if you have someone that owns one, you can have a chat to them about that using them. The other thing you can do is you can use hormones and drugs. And there are things like melatonin. You can use melatonin, uh, I think you can use it in like pill form or you can have an implant done. Melatonin regulates, uh, re melatonin is to do with, uh, I don't, it's not something I know heaps about, but it's to do with, you know, it goes back to this theory of the length of the days um, and how that triggers cats calling. So melatonin in people, it does the same thing. It's about your body's rhythms, um, daylight versus nighttime and that kind of thing. So melatonin has a place um, as well as a tool for um, regulating your cat's calling. I don't know much about it. I haven't used it. I don't know how successful it is. I don't think it's successful for every cat. The other thing you can do is you can think about an implant such as Superlaurin. Now Superlaurin, I do have experience with it, but not from a managing a breeding cat perspective, but I do have a girl that has been implanted with it because she
each time longer and longer um, maybe three years is the most uh, at the moment three years I think and she's not calling again so she may never call again so Zubalorin is uh, it's actually more for dogs but it's used off, off um, label using cats and it will actually stop your girl calling completely but it will stop it really long term and then there's the thing of well if you want her to call again then you can actually dig out the implant and I'm not sure how I feel about that I think Super Lauren has a place again in, in you know managing cats but I don't know that it's a really my personal feeling is it's a too big a deal to use for short-term management of cats calling if you wanted to take a cat and have her not call for a year or, or 18 months then I'm thinking well maybe why why is that and why would you sort of put her on hold for all that time when if you are someone like me that once you finish um, when a girl retires from breeding she goes and has a pet home why are you um, sort of preventing her from going to that home a bit sooner by keeping her um, out of the breeding loop for that time I don't know I'm sort of like I have sort of ethical thoughts about it but I do know other people use it as a tool and so that's something that you could investigate as well and your vet could could help you there as well but you know for the most part I like to stick with what's um, I don't want to say natural so much as just stuff that's not too interfery so if your cat is calling very first thing I would recommend you do is to talk, think about confining them, reducing the amount of space that they can move around in so that they're not wandering and yelling out. Um, so that's going to help. You can cover them up when you do that. You can then think about maybe giving them an antihistamine. Um, the very best, very best, best way to deal with a cat that's calling is to mate them. And um, once you do that, you won't have any problems. So yeah i think with cats calling when they're younger cats and you're trying to get them through to um sorry i'm just trying to find my keys to open the gate because i've just gotten home when you have a younger cat and you want to get her to a certain age before you mate her that's going to be a bit tricky you may have to put up with this behavior for a while and just learn to live with it for a bit um, but as soon as they're of the right age then mating them is going to be the absolute best option and um I'm just hopeful that everyone, every new breeder, if I could have every new breeder have just really calm, quiet girls that are easy to deal with, you know, I would wish that for everybody. But I know that a lot of you are going to have a screamer and you're just going to have to deal with that when it happens. The other thing I mentioned earlier is if you have a silent caller. Now, a silent caller is a girl that uh, comes into season but doesn't actually make any noise. And that can be a bit of an issue because you don't know what's going on. Now, there's been some advances with um, research into cats and hormones and things. And one of the things that you can do in that situation is you can get um, testing done. Now, I know that you're probably thinking progesterone testing, and yes, that is an option. But before you go to the trouble and expense of progesterone testing, that was a long word, um, before you do the proj test, you can actually do something that's less invasive because that involves taking a blood test from your cats. What you can do instead is you can do something um, called a cytology test, which is actually where the vet, and the vet needs to be a bit um, you know, trained up on what to do here, 
but the vet will take a cytology sample which is where they'll do a little scraping from the inside of your cats I think it's from the cervix I think um, they will they will they will do the scraping and then they will look at the, the cells that are scraped they'll stay put them on a little um, a little slide they'll do a um, a stain of them and then they will actually um, look at them under the microscope and they'll be able to tell from the size and shape of the cells whether or not there's been lots of blood flow to the area and then they can tell whether or not your cat actually has come into season. There is a really good uh, webinar on that and I'm going to put the link to that on the page on my website Cat Breeding for Beginners and the podcast for this episode I will put a link there so that you can actually go and have a look at that if you're interested in it if you think you've got a silent caller. So I don't wish you would have, I don't wish um, a silent caller on you and I don't wish a screamer on you. I hope that you just get pretty moderate callers but hopefully that's been a little bit helpful for you um, and yeah and answer the questions for the people that were asking about what to do when your cat's calling. I am home now so I'm going to say goodbye. Okay bye. Thanks for listening to the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast. Make sure you visit my website at catbreedingforbeginners.com for lots more information. You can sign up to my email list and stay tuned as my Cat Breeding 101 online course is coming soon.